bag. Come on, look at my bag. Do, 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 do. Hello. All right. We are up. Doing some. Uh, Adding some people, so bear with me. Good evening, good evening. And Clubhouse changes stuff like every other second, so. <laughs> Peace, hello. Hi. Good evening, good evening, black people. Let's see here. How's everyone's weekend? It was good. It was good. Awesome. I see my man AK. What's up, Babbers? <clears throat> What's going on, man? Hanging in here, man. How you been? Man, I've been good, man. Just want to jump on. I heard y'all ding. I got a couple minutes before my next call, so... Support nice. the team. That's what's up, man. I appreciate it, man. Mm -hmm. nice. Kendrick, what's up? What's good, brother? How you doing, man? How you doing? Good. H-Town representing. Absolutely. Absolutely. As always. <laughs> I'm due for a trip out there. I need to get out there. I'll be out there this summer. I'll let you know. We need to come that way. True. I be in New York a lot too, so you know what I mean? We'll coordinate. All right. All right. Um anybody want to speak? Let's see. Um Oh hey Chris. I wasn't sure if you're gonna be um if you're going to be up. So, um, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Being Black and Craft. Um, we're kicking off June uh, because June is music month. So I'm going to put a question to you and either post it, uh, Post what you your answer on uh, any of the threads that we you know usually put our hosts on or whoever we're talking going to be talking chatting with on Mondays. So with it being Music Month, uh, Black Music Month, I would like to know what either your favorite song or the song that you just vibe to, and what you would pair a beer with. So it's going to be your favorite beer or the most kick-ass beer or maybe the beer that you don't ever want to have again and what music or what song comes to mind to pair with it and by the end of the uh, month we want to have a collection of songs that we can have a playlist to so if y'all are up for it you know you can always inbox me or let me know right now and we'll start you know adding that getting that list together but we wanted to do that. Um, since 
Chris is really an aficionado in that. He'll probably be uh, kicking us off more than likely. Uh, one, what? Go ahead, Chris. Oh no, no, I'm just listening to you talk. That's it. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> so, um, one other housekeeping note uh, before we get started. Please keep Mike Ship and his family in your thoughts and prayers and positive energy. He uh, lost his father um, this weekend, and um, you know, just just keep him in your uh, in your prayers. And uh, you know, if you have the opportunity, just send him a note just saying that you're thinking about him. Okay. Thanks. So, we'll do. Yes. Um, so is anybody drinking anything? Not on the craft side tonight. I, I'm, I'm going straight strong spirit. That's a, a fermentation. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm, what are you drinking? Mm -hmm. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> so I'm actually going to have something. Um, out of Rockwall, Texas. It's a uh, female-owned brewery, and she has a nice one. It's called Thine Rock out of Rockwall, Texas. Really cool place to eat as well as drink, and one of the beers that I, we went and did a collaboration, and that was probably the first time that I've ever been, like, totally gone at a collaboration. And it is and because... You know what, Ari? The I don't need you to co-sign for me. That's not why you came here. So, <laughs> the Divine Month of Belgian Wit. This is mm. so delicious and so sweet. Sounds amazing. It snuck up on me and it had me gone. So that's why I'm going to crack open. What? Get away from my food. Mm. Wookie, get away from my food. What's the ABV on it? I'm trying to look. Let's see. It's just 5%. Are not, you kidding me? It ain't got you gone on no 5%. No, I'm it, it was no, it was not. That was the Mardi Gras ale, the 9%er that you drank that got you. Ooh, Maybe, but there I, we go. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. I had a couple of these because they were so easy yeah. drinking. I had about three or four. Those eight, nine, ten percenters, they sneak up on you. After about two and a half, it's it's it's, it's go time. And we had the whole line, but this one is was my favorite, so I had a lot of these. Can you hear me, Angie? Yes. I am drinking Untitled Art Carrot. Yes. Oh, I am drinking a sour, guys. Uh, okay. It is seven percent. I can't do sours. Oh my god, I was going to mention that earlier. You read my mind. I can do almost anything. I love stouts, imperial stouts. I even venture over to saisons. You know, I'm getting into the hoppy IPAs, but sours, y'all can keep that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. Like every time I drink a sour, I must highlight it with everybody. So. But it's always like either a fruit forward sour. It's never like like a straight sour sour. Like this one literally tastes like carrot cake. Like mm -hmm. Untitled Art did an amazing job with this. And it's orange. It's like it looks like a carrot. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I've seen some great fruit, some other ones that inspired by fruit. I can't get with it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. All right. Well, we're almost eight minutes in, so I don't want to belabor the time. We do have a guest. Wait, where's our guest? Where's my Oh, like my my everything shifted. <laughs> Lennox. You with... know what? Hey, I'm the guest. <laughs> Look, I right. put a comment in the thing and then I somehow got myself out the room and I'm back. So I don't know what happened. I haven't had clubhouse. Okay. I had to reload it or whatever. So I, okay. I'm, I'm refamiliarizing myself with the app. No problem. So Linux with High Gravity Hip Hop. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you uh, coming and talking to us and sharing. So let's get into it. Thank so, you for having me. I'm really grateful for the invitation. And it's nice to see uh, some familiar faces hanging out. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's a plus. Awesome. So are you actually from Atlanta? I have been in Atlanta since 2003. But I'm originally from New York, um, from Queens, Left Right City. And um, I went to school in New York, started working in New York, and then I got a chance to transfer uh, to Atlanta. And uh, I worked in college admissions. So I took the opportunity. There was, uh, it was just the timing of it was really perfect. One of the, the VPs at the school where I started working got promoted when I got hired. He hired me and then boom, he got promoted up and he was able to to bring me down to Atlanta to open Le Cordon Bleu um, Culinary Art School back in the day. So, so yeah, it was a nice run with them. Um, and, I, and I've been here ever since. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So are you a chef by trade or previously by trade? I'm not a chef. Uh, I worked in admissions. So I was okay. recruiting students. Yeah, I was recruiting students and everything. And um, but it was really, really interesting because I, I brought in a lot of people who were trying to become chefs and whatnot. And um, I just had a lot of really interesting students. And one of them was uh, this dude who, who who was a bouncer at Shadow back in the day. If y'all remember the Buckhead district. Uh, so he would get me into Shadow and you know what I mean? And kick it, mm-hmm. I you know I'm I'm from the hood, but I don't be tuning into like street culture. So I thought BMF was like a clothing line. I was like, man, this clothing line is popping. Everybody got these BMF shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So we on stage carrying on, singing all the New York songs, and the BMF. And this is what I love about Atlanta. If you don't start no trouble, there will be no trouble. We on stage, carrying on, just doing our thing, and there's a hundred BMF people around us, and they're just like, "Do your thing," you know what I mean? Because we wasn't <laughs> causing no ruckus. We just having a good time, and um, so yeah, it was it was it was really interesting. Met a lot of fantastic folks. Um, so I learned a lot about the restaurant business and fine dining and stuff. So I still, you know, get bougie if I see something not set up right. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I can break down a restaurant quick, which is a, a gift and a curse. <laughs> Sometimes you can know too much. 
on being in the beer world, we, we can most definitely identify with that because uh, going to a brewery and trying something like mm, 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 taking stuff back. Yeah, no, no, no. But okay. So tell me how hip, high gravity hip hop came a reality to you. Um, well, so, so I was working in education and I ended up working at Morehouse, um, back in, uh, can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Come through Morehouse. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Cool. Yeah. I saw the M on the yeah, bill. You, like, Wait a you minute. already know. Then. You like, already up. know, sir. You I said, I can only be. <laughs> yes, sir. It's only one. These That's exclusive. what's up. These so. Exclusive. For real. So so I was there from 2008 to 2013. I lived on campus. It was the most incredible experience of my life. Um, I felt like I went to Morehouse after four uh, five years living on campus and just getting real popular just because of the, you know, I'm just a fun person. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm cool. I wasn't trying to write everybody up. Because I was the assistant director of housing, it wasn't like my job to write the guys up. The RDs were like directly responsible. You know what I mean? So I got to kind of play the good cops. Yes, sir. And yeah, so you know, so I was the dude who would come in. I would come into your little illegal party and be like, all right, what you want? You want the party or you want the liquor? Mm-hmm. What you want to have? Make a choice because you can't have both. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun. And I'm still cool with, with a lot of kids that I busted. Of course. <laughs> you know? We cool to this day. I had, you know, I was on call 24-7, so I'm talking to the cops. I'm going to the jail. I'm calling your mama. You know what I mean? I'm doing all of the after-hours stuff. It was it was, it was, was incredible work. Um, and because it was Morehouse, now, mind you, I came from, like, these corporate schools, right? So I work for a company called Career Education Corporation. And let's just say that it's a different type of student that they serviced, okay? Those schools have a purpose, and but they're for a certain type of student. So I noticed that the advice I gave or, you know, any tidbits that I gave some of the students, it was only so far it was going to go. When I got to Morehouse, you know, a guy could come in and say, hey, man, I'm working on this. And I go, all right, try X, Y, Z. The next day, he's like, all right, I did that. What's next? You know, so I was like, oh, okay. Let me, let me get you some more stuff. So so it was really fun to have a highly, highly talented group of young men and women from Spelman, Clark, because, you know, I advise five organizations. Um, I advise Psi Chapter for Omega Psi Phi, my fraternity, which if if anybody who's who's Greek or knows about Greek life, I was signing my name, okay? Signing my name on the dotted line, and y'all already know <laughs> what come with that. Um, so, but several organizations, the Morehouse Film Association, uh, service organizations, different honor societies and whatnot. But one of the biggest projects I would work on was being on the homecoming committee. So they would put me in charge of like 70 something students, which was like the student security staff that, you know, would help out with everything from the concerts and the tailgate and all that stuff. So. At the same time, I was getting into craft beer. One of the homies who I worked with, uh, 
went to, you know, he went to Morehouse. He was an alum and he had come back and we were working there. And he was one of the early adopter guys, you know, my man, Jared, good dude. Um, he had gone to Morehouse on like a presidential scholarship out of Philly and he, whatever was new, he was on it. It didn't matter if it had bugs, whatever. So the iPhone and all that stuff, when it was, all that stuff was popping. So we, we into craft beer because of him, you know? So we would do Hump Wednesday, Jay, and anybody who knows what Hump Wednesday is, there's a block party every Wednesday on campus. And by the time Hump Wednesday was over, we like, man, we got to get up out of here because we've been, you know, chaperoning. So all the young ladies, you know what I mean? It's hot. We're like, all right, there's clearly rules. We don't, you don't fraternize, right, with the students. But now we done been basically in a club atmosphere <laughs> for two hours. Yes, sir. <laughs> all you know day. Yes, sir. You know, all afternoon. So we're like, look, we need to go somewhere. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay? We need to find somewhere to go. Because now we all, you know, revved up too. Because, shoot, you know what I'm saying? We're like, we want to party some more. So we would take it off campus and find ourselves in, you know, usually like on Crescent over there near Opera, Sutra and whatnot. And I never forget um, what really, really made me make a decision to to mess with craft beer. We would go dabble, you know, in different spots like uh, Graveyard and the Book House, Octane, which was a coffee shop, you know. So we <laughs> drink a beer in a coffee shop, and I just never forget those were the shot of Patron days, right? Oh eight, oh nine, ten, shot of Patron all night long. So we were in Sutra. I paid twelve dollars for a shot of Patron. We walked two doors over and went up to Flip Flops, okay? Frat boy, you know what I mean, type of spot. No dress code. People in there with khaki shorts and flip flops. Shot a Patron, $6. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I said, what are we doing? Why are we paying so much money, you know, because it's a black establishment? And anyone who's, you know, been out and whatnot, for some reason, when you go to black clubs, it's, it's like everything's more expensive. So we're like, we're going to drink with these white folk. And we start getting going in, you know, on these beers. And this is like, I had a Hawk, um, St. Bernardus. We would go to Green's. Green's already had like a craft beer section. And it was across the street from the book house, which is right next to MJQ, for reference, for anybody who knows Atlanta. Um, so. You know, we stumbling out of there. We done ate and drank four beers and we spent $22. So we were like, heck yeah, you know, and we just kept getting more and more into it. And we were at the book house and I was like, man, we need to tell everybody about this. <laughs> we need to tell all the black people about craft beer because it's amazing. It's delicious. You can get your bang for your buck. You know what I mean? And all of that. So I was like, oh, what if I did like a homecoming beer festival? And I went and got Rod Chappelle, who was another alum who basically had the whole production team for Homecoming. I went and got my man Joe McNeil, who was, who was in charge of security, the real security. And I got some students. I had Naj Murph performed at my first joint, you know, rest in peace, Naj. Uh, fantastic, fantastic MC. Um, I had Gangsta Boo. I had um, Erica Kennedy come sing some R&B for us. And, um, you know, Naj came with a whole band. 
you know, Nas Murph was running with uh, Wadi of Music, which is Chris Patterson and and uh, Nick the Quick at the time, my DJ. And those guys played live for like Wonderland, which is Janelle Monet. So these are like some talented, talented, talented people. I had 50 volunteers and 99% of them were students. <laughs> so I just pulled the whole, the whole homecoming play, you know? And uh, we did it at the freight, uh, the freight depot over there where the alphas would throw a big like toga party or something every year. And that's how I even heard of it. So I, I basically just just ran the whole play from homecoming and it was a hit. You know, I lost a ton of money. I lost a ton of money and I was not prepared to lose money for three, four years. And that's why the larger festival went away. But it was a hit. And what that did for me was really open the door to a whole nother level of network and connections. Um, Al Sharpton was our, you know, our beer expert. He picked about 45 beers, you know, just killed it. I mean, gluten-free stuff, all kind of stuff, you know, just, just killed it. He hooked us up with a, with a contact, um, at Miller Coors, I think it was, uh, Big Steve Canal. He hooked us up with just cases and cases of like Blue Moon and whatnot, got a little bread and was able to round out the whole, the whole show. So it was, it was a fantastic experience. And then I'm still meeting people who are like, oh, I was at that first festival. <laughs> like what? So the last person that, that stunned me with that was um, one of the guys from Hip Hop Heads Brewery, who y'all knows some Morehouse cats. And um, we were just chopping it up. Matter of fact, it was when Crowns and Hops came to do their, their drop last year. And we were just chopping it up on the side and the homie was like, yeah, you know that first one? I was there, man. I said, what? <laughs> you was there? He said, yeah, man, I was there. So I still meet people who, who have great memories of that. And, you know, I, kept, I started shopping my stuff around to the different breweries, uh, some of the larger ones and whatnot, trying to figure out the play. And I heard the same thing, like, every time they're like, yo, you so far ahead of the curve. You, like, way before your time. And I'm like, but we here, <laughs> so cut the check. You know what I mean? We got to make this happen. But I, I was, I was early, you know. So, but it, it was, it was a pleasure to do. And so, since then, you know, done a lot of different things, consulting and whatnot. Been involved in some really, really cool projects. So, but that's how I got started. That's how it all started. So, Spellhouse. Okay, so you're saying that high gravity hip hop was basically. You started as a party. It was homecoming. Yeah, it was. It was. Okay. It was like the first like black or hip hop beer festival. Okay. I thought I thought there were hip hop beer festivals everywhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is everybody's doing this. There's no way that okay, so th you know there's not was, ten of it these. Was, <laughs> it was one of its kind, and a, and of course, with it being the first of or never unheard of, it's like. Uh, and likened to, I'm sure it's probably pales to Fresh Fest being at the uh, at the bottle share because everybody asks. I don't care how many years it'll be. Were you at that bottle share? So that's how hip. Yeah. Me, that's how high gravity hip hop was. So yeah, yeah. When you when meet, I saw Fresh Fest, I was like, oh my god, yes. You know what I mean? It was incredible, and they did a fantastic job with that too. 
real good job they did with that. So when you transitioned, you know, as far as like selling it or trying to um, market it to other, like other cities or other colleges, what were you trying to do? Or what were you I tried everything. Do? Let me tell you that. Let me give you a small list of the things that I tried to do. Um, we, we, I was there when Dr. Franklin was president and while I was there, we got Dr. Wilson who had come from the white house. And this was the year, if y'all remember when Obama came to speak at Morehouse. Uh, so this is like 2012, 2013. I went and sat with Dr. Wilson and he liked that I had this, this operational excellence thing kind of on my iPad. And he was like, you know what? I like you go talk to, um, to Phil Howard, who's the, who's over development. I'm like, man, I could take this around for the alum city to city, you know, the chapters are strong and in, in almost every major city, they would love this. Um, I, I spoke to Phil Howard and Phil Howard looked at me and said, beer. <laughs> yep. I know their response. <laughs> right. So if it ain't wine and champagne, you know, if it was early for craft beer, it was definitely early for Morehouse to be on that, you know. So to see, you know, to fast forward and see like in the last few days, to see Morehouse posting these rainbow, you know, pride, you know, messages, I'm like, yeah, we don't come a long way. <laughs> Cause when I was there, we implemented the dress code. <laughs> Bruh, stop while you Hey, we on replay zone. Stop it. Look, we good. <laughs> right. So, you know, but they getting better. You know what I'm saying? They getting a lot better. of work in progress. So, yes, sir. Yeah, man. You know, a machine like that, it takes time to to turn a ship like that, you know, but but it's 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 obviously a, a plus. So so yeah, so that went down. Some folks from London tried to buy the festival. Um, the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival was bought by the International food and wine competition which owns like these enormous you know wine tasting competitions um in like hong kong and london and whatnot they bought mm -hmm. the atlanta food and wine festival they courted me for several months wanting to buy the festival outright um there was so so as i kept doing stuff people kept asking me where was my beer and i was like i don't i don't brew beer i was never interested in brewing beer I like tasting beer and celebrating the beer. You know, I, I want to do the, like the marketing around the beer. But people kept asking me about what's up with your beer, and I'm like, I mean, I'm I'm not really trying to trying to brew beer. So I started thinking about doing a brewery. In between that, I met, I was doing a table at um, Atlanta Beer Festival, at Turner Field, and Chris Reeves walks up. And introduces himself. And there's this black dude named Christopher Reeves, black Superman. Okay. And this dude drag race motorcycles and got some of the most amazing homebrew I ever had. And I took Will Moore over to his house. And um and and that's how uh, that was one of the big steps that where down home came about. Down home brewing, which we all know and love, that pomegranate. Um, I had the the luck and the luxury of introducing those guys, you know what I'm saying, and um, and kind of helping brainstorm some stuff and and whatnot with them. So 
I mean, the, the stuff goes on and on and on and on. You know, this is 10 years of bouncing around all kind of different situations. Um, there was Leon White. So, mm-hmm. so Lennox, I was, I was my, I was wanting to know how did you actually come up with the name? Where did the name come from? You know, I was sitting at the book house and when I say it hit me, it hit me like a snowball in the face. <laughs> it literally, the words and everything, just high gravity hip hop. I love the high gravity beer. I love to get the highest ABV I could find, right? This is 9%, it's $4, done. You know what I mean? That's how O'Rasputin became one of my favorites. And if anybody who pay attention, whatever bottle share I come to, I'm bringing O'Rasputin <laughs> every time, just because it's so old school and classic. Um, but yeah, the words literally hit me like a snowball in the face. Um, and I took that as a spiritual thing. You know, I took that as a very serious, um, event that happened to me and that, that I should follow through. You had a Paul, you had a Saul Paul, uh, kind of thing. Yep. Yep. (laughs) I I could see, and then I was blind and then I was blind and then I could see, or, you know, I forget exactly how the story went, but I could see after. <laughs> so that that leads me into another question because we had had a discussion about uh, cannabis. So I'm thinking, you know, I got got glaucoma. That's why I need some uh, cannabis. So tell me mm-hmm. some more about your, um, I guess, your introduction to it and what you're trying to achieve now. What I know you said that you had programs that you were thinking about uh, incorporating with cannabis. Yeah, so always was a big, you know, fan of cannabis. And as legalization, you know, gently sweeps the nation, I was like, well, I need to go ahead and and get this as part of my my brand as well. And if I'm going to do a brewery, you know, what if we found some land and, you know, did like a farm or something, you know, like a, a hemp farm or whatnot. So as as the laws change and that I think it was 2019 or 2018 when that farm bill passed and whatnot. I said, okay, this is something that I should probably explore. So, so yeah, I'm just, I, I, I consume way more cannabis than I do craft beer or any alcohol for that matter. Um, I was joking in the, in the chat, I'm drinking a green smoothie right now. Um, and I have a, like many of us have like a, a mix mixed feelings about alcohol sometimes just because I saw some overindulgence, I guess, you know, to not call it abuse um, growing up, you know, so I'm always mindful. And, and, and I noticed and I learned, you know, all these years I have like a lot of data in my head about how we feel about beer in particular. Um, you'll notice that most black people prefer to drink wine or, or straight up liquor and they're much less interested in beer itself. And there might be some, some stuff from your childhood that you saw some negative things around, around beer and whatnot, you know, so, so there's those things, but I try to be a health conscious person. Um, shout out to my man, Corey, uh, from soul brothers, who's always, running and putting his miles in and working out and whatnot. 
and sharing that information that keeps me motivated. And um, it's something that I don't take for granted. Um, I'm, I'm blessed with, with great health, but I know that that is not something that it doesn't stay that way. You know, things can change. I know people who deal with like Crohn's disease, for example, just that's just a daily, everything you eat, everything you drink, you know, you have to be mindful like every single second of every single thing you consume. And just people who have dealt with, you know, different challenges uh, with their health. So I try to be mindful of that. So to me, beer is really a prop, right? It's a prop to bring us together. It's an excuse for us to to hang out. And, you know, I never, never really wanted to tell people to get drunk and, you know, it's a tasting, right? Yeah, you can get a little tipsy, you know, get nice or whatever. But um, try to not overemphasize that, you know, be responsible in, in that sense of it. And I love that that's how kind of we we operate you in Atlanta, especially. I, I haven't seen any black beer influencer or brand really kind of push the, you know what I'm saying? We want to have a good time. We want to, you know, enjoy the drinks. But it's really a prop to get us together and to celebrate, you know, each other and and whatnot. So, so yeah, so I have a little bit of a kind of mixed feelings about it uh, personally. So cannabis, you know, is, is my go-to, you know, it's, it's, it, cannabis always been there for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it never let me down. So, so yeah, I'm a much bigger fan of cannabis and CBD. Now I did a CBD project and I had CBD for the first time and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I was blown away mm -hmm. by how good it was without any of the the high feeling that you get from from THC, mm -hmm. just this euphoric good, you know, like a good, just feeling good and happy, like all the stress melted away. And it was about three, four hours. I was just on it, you know, and it was fantastic. So CBD, I'm exploring all of those things, Delta 8, CBD, Delta 9, exploring those things. Um, I'm still a fan of flower. I like to smoke, you know, but I like that. Was what I was going to ask you which mm -hmm. one? What was your what was your preference in sports? I prefer to smoke. You know, I was you know I grew up in an environment where my uncle had a lot of restaurants and food businesses, and on the weekends he would take his cart up to the park and set up the cart for these soccer games. Okay, my mom is from Ecuador, so and my dad is from the Dominican Republic, so I grew up playing baseball, soccer, and everything else, but we would go up to these soccer games and I would see these, the older men smoking cigarettes and drinking biz, right? It was Budweiser and these cigarettes. And there was something called Brooklyn Queens Day where all these corporations would come out and give stuff away. You know, AT&T, Con Edison, which was like the power company, um, all kind of, all everybody came out. And I mean, the National Guard would parachute in with the colors and all that stuff. And um, Virginia Slims and Benson and Hedges would be out there giving away cigarettes, little eight packs. And I remember I was in first wow. grade. Yeah, I remember being in first grade and trying to just being too fast. I, I, you know, I set up the fan pointing into the house instead of pointing out of the window. I, I set up the fan pointing into the <laughs> into the apartment. And I tried to smoke a cigarette and my mom came home and beat my ass. She beat my ass. And, um, but 
from that, I had this fascination with the smoking, you know what I mean? With the, with the fingers, you know what I mean? And all of that motion. So I still enjoy the smoking part of it. You know what I'm saying? And I'll definitely I, get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not from a good, good place, but, um, I try to steer, I try to uh, reduce the paper as much as possible. So if I can do like a, a water bong or a little bowl or whatever, you know what I mean? I, I prefer to do those, but it's just sometimes the convenience of, you know what I'm saying? Rolling something up, raw papers, you know, try to, I try to keep it as, as clean as possible with the papers, but you know, every once in a while, one of those, one of those cigarillos will slip in there just for, you know, nostalgia. So are you going to marry the two together since craft beer is, you know, the, I guess the starting point with cannabis, um, as far as you, your venture, you know, what you plan to venture out to. And did you, I know you said something about a brewery, but are you going to have it in Atlanta or waiting, waiting it out? Cause I don't know if it's, technically legal in, in in Atlanta yet or were you going to go somewhere else yeah so so right now I'm keeping them separate just because infusing cannabis into beer um I think it's still a little bit early and mm-hmm. there's a lot of regulation around that you know we know mm-hmm. craft beer is heavily regulated um so there's definitely you know and my concern is that if I give someone a, a strong beer with X amount of THC in it, how, what is the effect, right? Mm. You know, so because like I said, I don't want to get anybody too messed up. So right now they're staying separate. So the brewery project is developing in Atlanta. And okay. um, yeah, it's, it's going to be probably near the airport. And we've been working on that for a long time. So that's one thing that I can say, you know, it took me four years to get on the line to become a Q. Four years is a long time for someone to try to get on the line for various reasons outside of my control that didn't even have nothing to do with me. But perseverance is one of my my strong suits because I can wait. I don't mind waiting to do it how I want to do it, you know. I've had different opportunities and I've been offered all kinds of spaces to do, to do the brewery concept because my brewery concept was different. Cause like I said, I didn't want to brew beer. So my brewery concept was like, well, what if I went and got down home brewing and console brewing and the Atlanta beer boutique and whatever other breweries that haven't opened the space yet. And what if we like Wu-Tang clan this thing and, have like a beer mall kind of thing wow you know that was my thing it's like our struggle has always been the finance piece to open up our own facilities and it's like well none you know almost none of us can get a place open on our own so it's 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 rare um and then over time you've seen some people be able to do it but uh, you know what I mean? Then it's like, how you yeah. do it? You know what I'm saying? So, so right. yeah, that was, yeah, that was like my thing. I was like, all right, well, what if we all got together? So we sat, you know, we, we sat at the table and we kind of all agreed. like, all right, let's just figure it out. And if we can get it done, let's get it done. But I always also wanted ownership of the building. 
at least partial ownership of the building. So everybody that was interested in the concept, because it's also a small music venue. Have you ever heard of City Winery? Um, yeah. It can just be a brewery, right? It needs to be a small concert venue that fits at least 500 standing. That way we mm. can book larger acts, right? And this is the stuff I learned from getting involved into the entertainment side and the in the like concert production side of it. Just from meeting, this is what this is why launching is so important because I met these people and I met more. I learned more and more things through the people that I met. So I was like, all right, my place needs to be like this and like that, based on what I was learning. So it was like, all right, it needs to be at least five hundred people standing, so that we can book a big name act, and and so forth. So. So yeah, so I've had everybody that that was interested in the concept, and this is from the Met. This is Lee and White. Lee and White, 2015, was like, "Please come in here and do something with this. We'll give you the whole building, you know, fifty thousand square feet over there where where everything, you know, Monday Night Garage and all that stuff is now." In 2015, Streamyard, Streamline, Realty, I think it was, was like, "Come on in here." The Met was inviting us to come through. But nobody was trying to let us own a piece of the building. Zero. Like you can come rent, you know. And I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not interested in renting, you know. And that's why I'm not open now because I'm not interested in renting. What I look like opening at that point would have been like the first black-owned brewery in Atlanta, a a brand born at Morehouse, and it's owned by not us. Mm. I'm like, that's not even worth it to me. You know, and I waited the all this time. Not, the math not mapping. It ain't, you know. And like <laughs> I said, perseverance is my strong suit. I'm like, I could wait. I could wait for the right situation. And my lawyer, Monty Garside, has been working on a project in the city of South Fulton for like four years, five years. It's just this ginormous project. And he has always kept a place for us in that project. Come to the South side. Come on, bro, stay down here. We need you. The city of South Fulton is most likely where High Gravity Gardens yes, will sir. its first location. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a big space down there. Um, if y'all know the area off of Old National across from World Changes, there's like a forest. Plenty of space, it's like bro. 70 acres. Plenty. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a 70-acre forest. And, I mean, the city has already, like, the ownership is already set. Like, blueprints are starting to happen. For the larger pieces, it's going to be like a new downtown um, for them down there. So it's an amazing opportunity to work with a majority Black city, majority Black city council, et cetera. You know what I mean? Like, the whole city government. And um, it's an honor to be involved. And that it's slower and it takes longer, but hey, like I said, <laughs> to have the right situation is worth it to me, you know. So this will be my last question for you. Mm-hmm. When when you open, as I'm speaking that um, mm-hmm. to you, what would be one of the initiatives that you would like to start to um, engage? yourself with the community that you would be in oh that's easy first and foremost the rooftop garden 
I need some type of farm situation to get these students in there, mm. uh, dealing with either a rooftop farm or a, a patch of land somewhere on the property where we can get a agriculture program going to grow stuff that we'll either use in the beer or use in the restaurant or both. Uh, that, that's the, that was like the first thing, uh, that I had wanted. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to open the floor up to anyone that has any questions for Lennox. Yes, please. I'm excited. Don't be shy. I'll kick it open, man. Man, I'm, I'm crazy. This is wild. Uh, being in the room in this space and this time, more have represent. Um, my kind of off top question. So I'm in finance, majored in business, done Wall Street, investment banking, all that. Tell me the layout of the the company, the structure. Who are the major owners? You have any key partners? Are you a sole proprietor? Like, what's the setup of the organization? It's an LLC that I'm the sole member of. And I've kept it that way because I haven't had a need to to create a financial relationship um, with anyone. Like I said, a lot of folks flirted with, with us. You know, people wanted a partner. People wanted to, you know, buy it, different things. But I just kept it as a as a as a one member LLC. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So the trademark, you know, is done for the. For the logo and all that, which is the other the other key piece, that was you know pretty straightforward. So that's in hand, and um, the plan, you know, the the concept deck for the space and all that is what I think my bread and butter because you know a lot of people try to and and you and you'll probably resonate with this being in finance. A lot of people in that world don't emphasize the creative part that comes through on the concept and the layout and the floor plan. And I felt that that's what I would be giving away if I went and rented somewhere. Cause they're like, yeah, we'll give you what whatever you need to build it out. $2 million, three, we'll build it for you and all that stuff, but you got to rent it. And I'm like, no, cause then when the, when the lease is up, if I have to walk away, you got my floor plan, which is, which is my IP, you know, cause the layout, is the thing to me you know what i mean so i think that um sometimes it gets downplayed because it just does because it isn't the numbers you know but i think there's a real value in that as well for sure for sure well i'll go off topic slightly what was your first hip-hop concert that you went to if you can remember. Oh my God. Oof. I, oh, okay, shoot, there was, man, okay. <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was a little different for me. I didn't, I didn't just go to like a traditional concert, but I like ended up at concerts. <laughs> oh my goodness. You just right. found yourself there. Okay. I never was like, I'm going to this concert, you know, because, you know, I, I'm, I'm 46. I was 10 and 86, you know, I was 20 and 96. So 
going out was an adventure. No cell phone, you know what I mean? No nothing. So yeah. we were very mindful. You know, we didn't just, well, Queens people try to go, we go everywhere pretty much. But I met people like, you might talk to somebody in Harlem, like, oh, we're going to Brooklyn. Like, oh, I don't go to Brooklyn. I don't, I don't, I don't go to the Bronx. You know what I mean? Like, there's people who like don't leave their neighborhood. And um, so it was over the precarious thing to just roll out somewhere. But probably, I would say, I would say my, my first hip hop concert concert was like Hoodstock. Hoodstock in Harlem. And it was this whole thing on Woodstock, but it was Hoodstock and it got shot up. It got shot up. And I remember we <laughs> this dude was crouched down shooting like a little 38 into the air. We saw him. <laughs> we were looking right at this guy, like, what are you doing? And of course, you know, there's, I don't know, seven or eight or 10,000 people out there and everybody starts running and, and all of that stuff. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. But for me, my earliest hip hop, my earliest, earliest hip hop memory is watching DMC from Run DMC drive past us, like in his Cadillac by the library out in Jamaica, Queens. That was incredible because it was a bunch of kids. We were like, oh, oh wow. Yeah, we like yeah, broke yeah, down. Yeah. He kind of shot us the peace sign. He had a can go on and everything. He said, what's <laughs> up real quick? You know what I mean? And drove off. So that was that was amazing. And then when I was not old enough to go to clubs, but started going to clubs, we would go to this place called The Vault. And Funkmaster Flex would be in there DJing. Like early, 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 early. Before he was like Funkmaster Flex. And so he's in there killing it and people dancing hard, dancing hard with the acrobatics and all that stuff. So, and then it was like Palladium and these different, these different clubs where Funkmaster Flex was killing. Funkmaster Flex is, is like, he's, he's underrated a little bit just because, I don't know, maybe people got too familiar with him, but he was the man, you know what I mean? Especially in the clubs. So, so yeah, it was, it, it just permeated. Like hip hop was just all around all the time. You know, I started rapping real early. My cousins, you know, I had older cousins and stuff. So break dancing, you know, I had a mean knee spin, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. And I was like the shorty rock, you know, running around with these guys. And, um, you know, rest in peace, my man, Rogene, uh, my, one of my oldest, my oldest cousin was six years older than me, right? So Rogene would come to the house and mind you, my family is from Ecuador on my mom's side. So it's so it Latino, you know, it's like Celia Cruz and Tito Puente in the house. And outside it's, you know, Run DMC and, and straight hip hop. So Rogene will come over. And this is part of the reason why blacks and Latinos are so tight in, in New York. Super tight. Rogene was a, was a black man. You know what I mean? And dark skinned brother. And he would come over and he would start fucking with the turntable. And my aunt would start screaming, you know, like, Rogene, stop fucking around with the turn, you know, scratching the damn record on the turntable. Just, you know. Oh no. Yeah, it was like, Rogene, what you doing? And we're like, nah, he's he's doing like shut up. He ain't doing nothing but fucking up my turntable. <laughs> so all of that kind of stuff. Rest in peace to him. He died young, man. Unfortunately, he got caught up in some stuff. And uh, my older my older cousins, they were bad. They were real bad. And um, they got caught up in stuff here and there. So 
you know, hip hop was just around, just it's just continuously. It just didn't stop. So mm-hmm. I used to spray my little graffiti, you know what I mean? My little graffiti on the wall and whatnot. And I used to write my little raps and dudes used to clown me like, ah, oh, you, you handwriting look like chicken scratch. <laughs> Stuff like that. Do, do you still do you still have a hot twelve or a hot sixteen? I still rap. I picked it up again. It's so funny because when I move, like everybody who knows me in New York knows that I rhyme. But Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, I didn't like do it as much. So when I bust out some rap and stuff, dudes are like, yo, you rap? Like, since when you rap? I'm like, since when I rap? Watch this. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I started doing... um, so I wanted to do this. Um, okay, I'll tell you about another another situation I was involved in. We got an agency hooked up with us called Gersh, and it's a it's a talent agency out in LA. So we we were shopping around a show, like a reality show, to different studios, pitching you know like this traveling hip hop beer festival. We got seventy two hours to do this show at this brewery, and we were shopping that around for a while, and that was through 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 my, my attorney, Monty, who one of the kids he had went to school with grew up to be a big time agent. And um, so we were out there pitching that. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just do my own podcast show. So I went to New York and I went to like 12 different breweries and I just shot footage. And I was like, all right, I'm going to cut this together. I'm going to write a rap about the brewery and then that'll be the show. So that's what I've been doing. There's three episodes out right now on my Instagram. And um, so I just take the origin story of the brewery, turn it into a rhyme, license a beat, cut the video together from the neighborhood. Because the brewery's the brewery, right? Like brewery, uh, 90% of them, they all look the same. It's just tanks. You know what I mean? The front might look different. But we want to see the neighborhood where y'all gentrifying at. <laughs> That's what I want to show. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, that's what I that's what I started doing. So I'll be doing that for cannabis companies as well. And that's just like my own personal like thing. You know, like nobody could no one could ever give a damn about that shit. But the process of writing a rhyme, recording it and all of that stuff, that is like therapeutic to me. You know what I'm saying? It it, it and I hadn't done it for so long, I missed it. You know, I didn't even realize that I missed it, you know. It was such a part of my life. Uh, growing up and into my colleges and all that, and even after my colleges. So it's something that if you're an MC, it don't never go away. Like if you play ball, like that just, you know what I mean? It just, some things just don't go away. And if you don't feed that, you know, it feels like you're missing something. And and sometimes you don't even know you're missing it. So So picking up the pen again and, you know, writing these rhymes about these breweries and whatnot, I just love it because then that's the coolest part to me about the breweries is they all have these, even though the breweries might look the same, but the story of the brewery is they're all different. They're totally different. Absolutely. And that's where the real unique stuff comes out. Um, For example, like uh, LIC Beer Project. The the guy was like a construction dude. Um, He looks like Italian. And he ends up going to Europe, like backpacking through Europe type of thing on some mental health stuff. He's like, yo, I need, he was going through something, trying to clear his head. And he goes backpacking through Europe and he ends up, you know, in Belgium and Germany. 
And then he decides to go to school in Munich and at the uh, the SEBI Institute, I believe. I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong, but these huge, like big beer programs. And that's how he started like LIC Beer Project. So that was fascinating to me. You know, he was a straight up construction dude. And being there and talking to the people and, and all that stuff um, was, was really great. And Long Island City, that ain't nothing but Queensbridge. That's like two blocks from Queensbridge, that brewery. You know what I'm saying? And now all around Queensbridge is a bunch of breweries. It's like a, a brewery trail. There's <laughs> so many breweries over there, you know? So, but it's the bridge, you know what I mean? So so it's all connected, you know, these breweries coming into the neighborhoods. It's like, y'all came to us, so we're going to rap about y'all. <laughs> That's how I feel uh, about that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, it don't never go away. Yeah, so I still got bars. I still got bars. I still can freestyle, which I think is the ultimate test. Um, but yeah, the writing part is, is really, really enjoyable to the point where, um, I created a diversity training called rap therapy. And if I may, you know, that's an interesting story about how that came about. I would so, love to hear that. Yeah. So, so I left Morehouse in 2013 and I, I would come back periodically to work on a project or something like that. My old boss, Dean Washington, he stayed on, he ended up, you know, moving up. To, to senior VP over student development and whatnot. And he hits me up in 2019. He's like, I went to this conference, you know, he's always going to the big, you know, education conferences and whatnot. And he's like, man, I see these, these schools, they got these hip hop programs. And I think I want one at the school. And you're the first person I thought of to, to run like this hip hop program. And this is like eight o'clock in the morning, 12 hours later, I sent him a full presentation, like a whole deck, uh with what would what would be the morehouse academy of hip-hop right so set that all up he's like all right we got to find the funding and you know we think this could work so then boom COVID hits and then triple boom dean washington dies dean washington passed away my man maurice washington who's from harlem went to Brooklyn Tech, okay, which is a which is like a very a top 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 school in New York. He um his his first project, he told me in high school, I think as a freshman, he wanted to be a photographer as a hobby and they put him in charge of photographing the girls track team. I said, "Really? Come on, man. <laughs> How did you even manage that?" So he went on to do incredible things. You know, he had like a, a master's from Columbia and he was the director of housing at NYU during 9-11, which NYU was like scattered all over Manhattan. So, you know, how he didn't have a heart attack then, you know, just says a lot about who he was. And, and he was just an incredible, incredible person. The best leader, hands down, I ever worked for, hands down hands down, the best manager. He was at my first festival too. He was there with me, you know what I mean? He came through, he wasn't a hater. He wasn't like, oh, you can't, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, he wasn't on me like, you know, kind of trying to stop me from from doing my side thing. He was right there with me. He encouraged me the whole way, you know, and it's, um, it's a shame. Mm, sorry my to bad. Hear that. My bad. It's yeah. a terrible loss for the whole community. Like the amount of yeah. people that he's touched, you know what I mean? It's rough. It's rough. So 
So boom, my man passes away. And now I'm holding this this curriculum. <laughs> and I'm like, well, Dean, I guess you done left this for me. You know, I got to do something with it. I'm not just going to bury it, you know. Right. I got to honor I got to honor my guy. So we're going to do this class one way or another. And so I turned it into like a diversity training and I rolled it out at um at Jen Price's um shout out to Jen at Jen Price's um you know the Black Beer Con Crafted for Action. Yeah. Yeah, a few weeks ago so rolled it out and um oh that reminds me shout out to Mike Ship because I volunteered behind the scenes to to I guess help run the uh, the live streams, and mm-hmm. I got to do Mike's uh, presentation. You know what I mean? So I got to to meet him and and the people he was on on with. So you know, rest in peace to his dad, and um and yeah. condolences to him. Yeah, great dude. So so yeah, so so I rolled out rap therapy as a diversity training using hip hop as a therapy. You know, like so I created this rhyme. You can fill out a form and it creates the rhyme for you. And all you got to do is say the rhyme. And the rhyme is based on all the like our all the diversity kind of areas like pronouns and, you know, upbringing, all the, you know, all the different little things we would touch on in the like diver- the, those categories in the diversity uh, trainings that you see. So. So, yeah, so that so that's the, the main thing I'm rolling out right now is that training and that's how it came about that's how it came about through through morehouse once again so if anyone wanted to engage you with doing a class like you did um for a craft beer con are you open to doing that are you yeah yeah like doing something online yeah yeah i'm actively rolling it out now it's you know it's a white paper um i took the video from the presentation and edited it down and I'm starting to talk to more and more breweries about possibly bringing this on as part of their trainings and as, as well as cannabis companies. Uh, okay. so, so yeah, I'm in the early stages of, of getting that out. Um, but it's ready. It's ready, but it's, it's coming out now and I'll be bringing it back to Morehouse. I want to pitch them, you know, I'm possibly making this an official class for credit mm-hmm. and everything. It'll be a little different. Nice. Yeah. It'll, it's a little different for the campus. It's a little different for the high schools. And the main difference is that for the cannabis and crappier industries, it's okay to have a drink and have a smoke during the stuff. That's pretty much the main difference, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm, I think it's too heavy. <laughs> I think diversity training is, is a little too intense. Um, it's not fun for anybody. And I just bring in a different approach to it. Um, a lighter approach to a heavy topic, you know what I mean? It's, it's not something that I take lightly because of, you know, the different things I've seen growing up and whatnot that are a result of, of some of these uh, institutional racism and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, just trying to take a different approach to it to make it more palatable because if you've ever been in a diversity training, you really just listen. You don't talk to anybody next mm-hmm. to you. You don't, you know, you don't kind of break down those, those barriers. So the intro rap is designed to, you put your cards on the table, you know, and I know it's, I know it's going to work because I've already triggered several of my friends with this. Right. <laughs> so I was like recruiting people like, yo, I need you to come do this rhyme. And I sent them the little sample rhyme that I did. And in it, I say that I hate Trump people. And a couple of my friends 
were triggered. Like, what are you doing? Like, how can you, like, what you going to say after that? What are you going to talk about once you, you know, what, what are you, what are you possibly going to, and I'm like, well, yeah, that's like the first hour of like a six week course. So yeah, I thought it, I thought it through deeply. <laughs> so it's all, it's all laid out. And that's the whole purpose is to, I think that too many people hide their allegiances. And I don't like that. I don't like to guess, you know, and just to be frank, when I meet white people, I don't know where they at. I'm not sure. I need to know where you at. Where you at with yours? Who who are you? Are you who, who are you a Trump person? Are you a so-called liberal? Are you this and that? You know I mean, like, where, where where are you in this in this whole thing? And I don't like feeling like that. I need to I need to know. And I think if more of us knew, it'd be easier for us to deal with people. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it starts. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's good. It's going to be a uh, interesting ride and it is uncomfortable. It is like, you know, it's, it's one of those things, but that's the work, right? That that's the real work. And my mission has been since day one to end racism and celebrate unity with craft beer. And then I added the cannabis piece. So it's on brand for us. Anybody who knows my brand knows that's always been part of part of what I do. I consider myself to be like I'm I'm black, white, and Latino, right? Like I have clearly I'm I'm a light skinned black person that came via <laughs> these islands and, and my parents immigrated here. So, you know, I, I check a lot of these different boxes. And another another thing that really prompted me in the early days was that Atlanta was still very segregated in in like the party scene you were either at a black place or you were at a white place and you knew it right every time and new york just felt like it had a little bit more of of a mixed crowd even if like okay there's a gang of puerto rican kids over here and there's some chinese kids over there in that corner but we all together, we all listening to the same music. We're in our crews or whatever, but we all here too, you know? So I thought that was missing in Atlanta. It was, it was still very segregated, uh, like the party scenes and stuff. You could tell, you could feel it, you know? So, so anyway, I, I'll that's leave it there. Kind of, you, feel, you feel like that's kind of, the, but that has kind of made a transition now. I think so, I think okay. so. Yeah, and I think what we have done as a community in craft beer in Atlanta is a direct, you know, uh, I guess, push up against that type of segregated thing. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so we just started infusing ourselves into these spaces, you know, and a lot of the breweries welcomed us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Three taverns. I definitely can see that, yeah. Yeah, three taverns, Monday night, um, Atlanta Brewing Company now, which was Red Brick, um, just just a ton of them. And and everyone from Atlanta will, will tell you, you know, there's a lot of open doors. There's a lot of open doors and a lot of sharing of resources, you know, whether it be the facility or assisting with brewing, you know, folks getting their projects off and all that stuff. So to see the level of, uh, engagement 
And and then to, to pick your head up and see like, oh, Atlanta is leading the way nationwide. Oh, hell yeah. You know, in terms of the black craft beer space, um, it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal to see. You know, it's phenomenal to see that. And and yeah, it breaks down a lot of that segregated segregated partying that I saw. And I'm 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 really happy that it, that it's getting better. Well, we have gone over our time. Hold on, and, it, and and I was so excited, you know, to because uh, every it, it was absolutely amazing. I really do appreciate you, Lennox, for talking with us and telling us different things. And um, want to make sure that we get your IG so people can follow you because I want to see uh, the stories that you've already set up. That you talked about. I want to go in a veto. Make sure I have the right IG for you. Absolutely. Yeah, high gravity hip hop, regular spelling on IG. That's also the website. But yeah, IG is the main place you'll find me. Um, and I got a secret account on on TikTok. It's it's just a it's just I use TikTok to like edit videos, so I don't really I'm not like trying to build a following over there, but let me yeah. like them all on TikTok is like my little studio. And so people see some stuff over there. But um, but yeah, High Gravity Hip Hop on IG is the easiest way to get a hold of me. I want to thank everybody who who stayed on with us. Um, I appreciate y'all. Shout out to Jen. Shout out to Jay. Um, you know, the whole Morehouse community and all the HBCUs, the AUC and all that. Thank you so much, everybody, for allowing me to, to share my story. I gave y'all some exclusives, too. I haven't told... A lot of stories oh. I've never told. <laughs> so appreciate let, it, let appreciate do, it, bro. Let, let me do the air. Let me do the air. <laughs> Y'all definitely got some behind the scenes exclusives right. on this. So, so awesome. yeah, I appreciate you I love that. Very grateful to y'all. Appreciate everybody in the room. Well, be- well, before we go, I want to make sure that I um, speak to Jen and Aubrey. So, Jen, have you? Gotten your wind back up? Are you good? <laughs> Finally. I, I know you Finally. from the vacation and you know unplugged. I did. I just got back online this week. Um, I had a okay. very much needed and much um, appreciated break and time off. And uh, so thank you for asking. And thank you to everyone who had anything to do with Craft Beer Con thanks to the folks who came into Atlanta, like Angie, who traveled to the city to be with us second year in a row. Um, I so appreciate you. And for the folks who are local, um, like Lennox, uh, I see Ashley here, who was one of the panelists and um, a few other people here. So I just want to thank y'all so much for just supporting my dream and my vision as I still figure out what the hell's going on (laughs) in my beer life. Um, I appreciate y'all being there with me on the way down. So um, thank you again. It was fantastic. It was bigger than last year. And it, I only see that that growing. So kudos to you, Jen. That, that is a heavy lift. And we all know it. <laughs> thank you. Right. I, was, I was just trying to figure out now, she's going to top this right. from the first year. I was like, and she was like, watch me. Right. Day like, okay. It's y'all. It's y'all. It's the energy that y'all bring to it. The energy that Atlanta, you know, that exists here. It's just, it's all of that rolled into, you know, 
some good, well, well-meaning and supportive people. Our, this craft beer community, not just in this city, but as we see here worldwide and globally, is just phenomenal. And, um, you know, I, there's no way that I would have been able to do half or a fraction of what I've done without all of this support. And I, from the bottom of my heart, do thank you all. And we'll be so we'll be looking out for um, for next year. I know that you were um, planning on doing it in a, a different week or a different month. So we'll be looking out Ooh, for child. yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm never never doing it around my birthday again, ever. Oh, I thought that was the main the main feature of it. Well, that was man. Listen, I have had a chance to reflect. <laughs> <laughs> myself and we had a meeting and said we are not doing that anymore i'll you know yeah we're not doing that it's probably gonna be in june and then somebody when i said that to one of my friends they were like oh so you gotta have a pool party bottle share and i was like i probably do because it's atlanta that's how it starts that's some atlanta shit i know that's how freaknik starts that's how i get shut down by the mayor in the future (laughs) but we (laughs) The mayor going to be at the thing. The mayor might be there, but uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will, um, as soon as I um, start planning and, and solidify the date, I'll be sure. That'll be the first thing that I release, uh, hopefully okay. in the next month or so. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, man. So, Aubrey, please share your wonderful news that I saw. With Crackham. What's going on, group? Uh, yeah, we've been working with uh, with and, and talking today for a while uh, about doing something. Uh, so we decided that we were going to uh, to work to sponsor um, Barrel and Flow this year, and uh, also we're going to do a uh, an, an ale trail while we while we're there. Uh, and what that'll do is it'll give people an opportunity to, uh, if they've got some free time, go out and, and enjoy some of the Pittsburgh breweries, probably get some of the collabs that are out there and uh, get some swag while you're doing it. So we're excited about uh, about that, about working with, uh, with Barrel and Flow. That's going to be great. That's awesome. I already have my app. I'm ready to go because we're going... A little bit early, uh, we'll be there already, so we'll have stuff to, we'll have time to do some uh, some extra things. And that was the one thing that I missed. I didn't get to um, go to any of the breweries because I literally landed and just went full fledged in the barrel uh, into uh, Fresh Fest. So that's great. I'm, I'm uh, congratulations to you. And, yeah, we're we're actually going to do it because we've got some of the other breweries that are uh, are out of state that have, that want to participate. So the way we're going to do it is uh, uh, those breweries are going to be signing up on the app, uh, hopefully by the end of this month, and then we'll do some training next month. And then uh, August first, it's, it's going to run the entire month of August. So if you have a brewery that's participating that's in your city before you uh, before you go to Pittsburgh, you can go to that brewery and check in there and just kind of get your get your uh, digital stamp and uh, and then finish it off when you get to Pittsburgh or when you get back home. So uh, we want to give uh, all of the all of the participating breweries a chance to uh, to participate. 
Um, Rodney, do you have a clear line that you can give us an update on school? Man, Angie, I, I sure hope so. I sure hope it's clear. Um, yeah, so classes started um, last week, um, the 31st. Uh, just setting up the just setting up uh, just cleaning sanitation and everything. Um, we actually brew tomorrow. Uh, we're brewing a Kolsch. Uh, class start about five, and he said it will probably go from five to midnight. Um, just with the I think we have like about six or seven groups. There's about twenty six people or twenty two people in the program this year. Um, that's the most they've ever had, and so um, so yeah. But everything is going good up here. Just um, just um, finding some new breweries. I had an opportunity to go up to Brockton, um, Massachusetts, um, to watch them open um, open their brewery. Oh, nice! So um, yeah, meeting Naval um, and all the and the partners and everything. So so that was definitely um, that was definitely definitely a blessing. So yeah, I'm just I'm having a blast up here though. Awesome! That's great. So look at that, and I got through. You and got, I got you through. Were, yes. <laughs> I ain't want to say nothing, but that was that was probably the clearest you've ever been on Clubhouse, man. Keep that up, and, that bro, yeah. wherever, wherever you at. The move say just like that. Just say just like that till next Monday. Oh, for so, sure, um, for sure. Um, I just wanted to let y'all know who we have coming up next. Um, dang it, I bet you I'm gonna say the name wrong. William with Konos for it. Is it Konos or Konos? I knew it. I knew I was going to mess it up. All right. I got to work on that. That's, um, a, that's an African uh, thing. I think that's an Egyptian thing, I too. So. <laughs> Why I can't get this together? I don't well, know. Ask them, ask them to break it down for you because it has a meaning. Oh, def oh, that'll be one of my questions, most definitely. Right. And then on the 20th, we're going to have Black Girl on Tap. And um, lastly, I, we don't have a guest, but what I'm thinking about very seriously, I'm going to ask Eugenia to help me out. Ashley will, be, will, probably, will probably also help me out. I have uh, gotten back on the apps. And yeah, so beer and dating and how they come together. I've never been asked so many times, am I alcoholic? When I'm telling you my passion, they ask me, well, do you drink a lot? And I'm like, um, no. And then I'm in the beer world where my mother and lots of my friends that don't drink beer say, oh, surely there's lots of uh, handsome men out there I said they're all married, or or they're or they're dating somebody. So, so how do how do we fumble through this? Uh, so not necessarily a fuss session, but just wanted to get some perspective on dating and being in the beer culture and um, how that how you're trying to migrate through that. You know, do we need to make that a big body stout night as well. <laughs> probably, because I'll probably I'll probably want to smoke and drink. Yeah, some qualified stories out there. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I'm thinking of. Um, 
between that because I think me and Ashley we had talked about something, but it was going to be ladies only. But I want some men's perspectives on this because I know that um, you know when I do talk to my guy friends, they do tell me stories as well. I mean, I know it's not one sided, so I do want a male perspective on some things. But um, but yeah, if, you know, I don't find anybody. You know, Angie, I do want to line it, piggyback on what you're saying. Uh, one thing I've noticed coming from coming from Texas to up here to um, Connecticut, way more women drink beer up here than they do in Texas. Like in Texas, especially in Houston, it's all about like, you know, flavored drinks or daiquiris and stuff like that. But that is one thing that I've seen up here is just the women. They like they do drink beer. Mm, OK, OK. All right. Well, we'll uh, also find out about uh, apparently your your dating uh, excursions. Rodney, sound like you you have stories to tell. So great, we'll make that official. Um, so I don't want to I want to go ahead and let y'all go. I will see y'all next week on uh, Monday. But in between that time, Angie, Angie, before you, yes. can I can I can I just drop two yes. two cents real quick? Um. Thanks, Lennox, for coming on. I didn't know that you were so New York, man. You took me on like a drive-through of my growing up. I think I'm like maybe two or three years younger than you, man. But I didn't know that you were so New York connected. But that that was dope. And appreciate um, it, man. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah. And and secondly, uh, I think it was this Saturday. I had a a beer called a Green Heathen from North and Monk out of Leeds, UK. And they brewed it. Um, they brewed the beer with uh, with weed. And the one thing I just couldn't get out of my head was it smelled like pine. Like you know, like when you go out into a forest and you smell. Want to sing Christmas carols? Oh, yeah. What song you want to sing? Probably like Jungle morning. Bells. Jingle bells. Yeah, and that one. Okay, it's just Jingle Bells. There is no Jungle Bells. Okay, Jingle Bells. I don't. And oh holy shit! It's oh holy night. No, I'm saying holy shit. Can't read this. Let's see. Everything little dumbass boy. It's little drummer boy. Little drummer boy. Okay. What else? Probably White Christie. What? White Christie? Yeah, I think it's about White Christie in class. Black Christie. Right. 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 I think hey, that's White Christmas. Even better. Um, I don't even like what's your Christie. favorite strain to pair with the I saw Mommy Kissing Saturday. I saw Mommy Kissing Saturday. I'm a sativa guy. So Blue Dream is up there for me. Um that's that's one of my favorites um i think if if anybody could find it the old school chocolate tie i think because that went you know with heineken back in the day so <laughs> so yeah but blue dream is probably one of them and um damn near anything from cookies but it got to be a sativa otherwise i think it's gonna you know what I mean the effects you know for sure, for yeah. sure, yeah. yeah. Hitting some sour D and drinking some high gravity, you you might as well just yeah, you screwed. I mean, if you're trying to go to sleep, you know what I mean, then yeah, you know, amen. <laughs> but but you know, it just depends on you know if I want to keep the party going, yeah, for sure. And I think it's like a two beer, one joint kind of you know what I mean, combo to be in that sweet spot as well where you're not overly imbibed either way. So yeah, yeah, but but Purple Haze was my go-to in New York, and um, Blue Dream if I get my hands on it, and this I mean this this there's so many now there's so many flavors you can get, 
I mean, just the runts. There's, I mean, there's all kind of stuff, man. We could that that's a whole new show. <laughs> we could do that all day. For sure. Thanks for that, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, if there's nothing else, I'll make sure. Because I'm sorry, Chris. I, I was like, questions. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to, wasn't trying to end, end it too early for you, you know, before you said anything. Um, but I do, please keep in mind uh, Mike and his family. And also, when we post, because um, anything in uh, being Black and Craft, your song, whatever it is, and the beer that you would pair with it. I do not care if it's your favorite absolute song or the song that you, your breakup song and the beer that you, you had with it. I want whatever you want to let us know about pairing. I'm gonna send this to y'all, but I'm a I'm gonna tell y'all now since since I'm the guest today, I'll I'll, I'll keep oversharing. But <laughs> my favorite song is D Wick, um, Gangstar and uh, Nice and Smooth, and uh -huh. uh, I would pair that with um, Shemay Blue probably, or Old Rasputin, just just because. But yeah, that's my little my little answer for that. But I'll send it to you anyway. Yes. Please, so I can look it up because I don't know if I, I'll know everything because I think the song that I want to give is like um, a relatively new rapper to me. But, um, but yeah, and it can, you know, it don't have to be one. If you have a couple of pairs, you know, send them. So we will see y'all next week and I will try to uh, actually be able to pronounce the name of the brew to, uh, for next Monday. So I want to offend anyone. But until then, thank y'all so much for coming. Thank you for uh, joining us for being Black and Craft. If you are not a part of our Discord, please join it. Uh, we have some bottle shares that are coming up uh, depending on your, your area. I know we have a bottle share that's coming up in Dallas. So um, stay tuned for that. And I'll say good night. Our mantra is we don't apologize for recognizing our influence in craft beer. And good night. <laughs>